What up, what up, what up? What up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood, and you're tuned into another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. Is it me or was it hiding here? Is it me or was it hiding here? So Hollywood, So Hollywood, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get ignorant. The Hollywood lights are bright, let's get right for a little bit. The vibe's so low, so let's go and bump it a little bit. Let's celebrate life like it's gonna end in a little bit. Hit the bottom a little twist, and mix it with some of this, and mix it with Hollywood, and you fuck be anywhere in the world. Imagine the gas can't even produce more hotness than this hip hop pop. It's a female accomplice. So Hollywood, these mics sound good. What up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood. I got this radio voice down pat, man. Shout out to everybody that's tuned in and that will tune in here shortly. So Hollywood, the podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally, and I bring them together with this thing called entertainment. Catch the latest episode of So Hollywood, the podcast on my YouTube channel, and then also follow me on Instagram, So Hollywood, the podcast. And if you want to be a guest, you know, just inbox me. But without further ado, we have a special guest um, here today. Uh, he is a sanger. We're going to say sanger because that's what you got in your bio. <laughs> a sanger, a songwriter, performer, poet, artist, a model. What don't you do? And you're, you're from Victoria, VA. We have Day. I always mess up names, but hopefully I got this one together today. How you doing today? What's going on? Okay, with the voice, the way you you just switched it all the way up. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not ready. They're not ready. <laughs> so, how, so how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing really, really good. It's another day, you know. Uh, we pushing forward. It's about to be a new year soon. So shout out to everybody that uh that is like I said tuning in and making sure that. Everything is great in the building. Shout out to Session 420, Swag a Lot to Dawn. Shout out to everybody in GSTAX 216. But we're going to get into this interview today. Um, You also dropped a new single, or your newest single, Can't Leave You Alone, which you're, <clears throat> excuse me, which you're performing here. Um, Welcome to the Limelight shortly. And um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So I like to start the interviews with, um, how did this thing called entertainment enter your life like what is your earliest memory of entertainment uh so i was like five years old five. and uh <laughs> i was singing in the church choir called first baptist okay so it was in victoria virginia uh so from that age up like five on up i continue to sing continue to sing i want to thank the lord every morning for my mama first lady i mean i was never shy when it came down to music you know, I was never shy with with doing that, you know. Right. So from age five all the way up, I started, you know, um, singing at other churches, okay. singing at funerals, singing at uh, the singing competitions and stuff like that in the area, talent, little talent shows. The little that we had, to my knowledge, we only had like two, 
because mm-hmm. we didn't really have much down there. Right. Um, and that's in Victoria. Victoria, Virginia. So talk a little bit about that, like, you know, growing up in that atmosphere. Because I don't exactly know. Nobody do. Where it I'm is. Sorry. So <laughs> I'm from, like, my family is from, like, South Boston, Virginia. It's so close. I don't know how far or close that is. Okay. So talk a little bit about that area that you're uh, in as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, it's it's a small town. We got one stoplight. It was a food line that was built there back in, like, 2008 or 2007. Um, the reason how I remember so well is because me and a few other course members from the high school course, mm-hmm. we sung there and was actually, you know, selling donuts and stuff like that. So that's how I remember the grand opening. Oh, my God. Weird. But um, <laughs> but the town is very, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one person who is originally from that town who is a really, really big name. Um, a lot of people don't remember her but because she's up there, up there. Um, her name is Martha High. Nope. And she sung background for James Brown for many years. Oh. Um, many, many years. I'm talking about over 20 years. Wow. Um, she's the only... Lady in the background is brown skin with blonde hair. Okay. That could be the only one. But, and she still does music. Um, I don't know where she at these days, but she still, you know, is active. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so as far as the town, like I said, I grew up there. All my, most of my family's there. Um, like I said, one stoplight. We got uh, two banks, the Benchmark <laughs> Bank. And I forgot the name of the other bank because they had renamed it or something. But um, mm-hmm. two gas stations. Well, technically three, but nothing stays open past 11. Mm. You can't get no delivery. <laughs> you can't get no Uber, no DoorDash, no, uh, no, n- none of that. You know, <laughs> none of that. You got to travel to go to the movies and shop. So um, growing up there was cool, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm country. But when you get older and you want more and you see things not progressing, you know, sometimes they build up and that's just not the case with my town mm-hmm. so um was it a lot of minority in your town or is it just like you know a mixture or was it all it like was a mixture okay. it was a mixture of, of a lot of people um however it just you know there's no opportunity for black people okay um unless you you know started the prison or something which was, was built in like 97 or 96 or something like yeah so wow. you know what i'm saying so nothing is really going on there you know so if you uh, want to move and you want to progress and, you know, have a career or something, it's best that you go ahead and, you know, do what you need to do, get your stuff together and go on out the way mm-hmm. and, you know, move. And most of the time people move up here or Richmond. It's okay. Richmond or up here. Okay, okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. Gotcha. So you moved up here. We're, we're going to talk about that because that was a little bit further down down the line. But um, I guess talk about, like, your your musical influences during that time as well because, like you said, you were into the church, and majority of the time you don't hear, like, that outside music, so to mm-hmm. speak, other than church music. So when did that kind of cross paths for you as far as, like, the R&B and the, the rap and stuff like that? Oh, from the beginning. Okay. From the beginning. I, I didn't have a Maddie Clark. My, okay. Maddie Moss <laughs> Clark was not my mom. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I was definitely allowed to listen to, you know, R&B music and stuff okay. because my okay. mom was heavily influenced by Naughty by Nature, Phyllis Hyman, and, you know, a lot of other people. Okay. You know, um, so, yeah. But for me, uh, from age five, I didn't. I was a bit different. I didn't okay. go out there and play in the mud. You know, I, I took my little cousin's little perm box tapes, just me tape those pinks, <laughs> and I used to tape over it because we used to have a radio station called 97.5. Right. 
in uh in our home in, in Victoria or whatever in little Southfield, Virginia and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um I used to tape over it, you know, the little countdowns and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know. So um then after that, um I just started, you know, getting into documentaries like behind the music and stuff like that. I, I didn't really play a lot. I really read a lot when it comes to the magazines and the aspects of uh the superstar's background or the artist's background. Okay. So that started when I was five as well, you know. Mm. So yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember like your first like song or or something that your mother may have played or um, that your father may have played in the household where you know because most most African American household they have that cleaning up music and that you know those type of things like did that mm-hmm. happen in your household as yes. well and how how did it influence you know influence who you are today? Okay, so for my grandfather. Um, my grandfather used to play a lot of hole in the wall music. Mm-hmm. So you got your, you know, Betty Wright, you know, mm-hmm. Tonight is the Night, yeah. Clean Up Woman. Yeah. You got Otis Redden, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got, you know, uh uh Marvin Cease, all these old school people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Peggy Scott Adams and uh you know, a whole bunch of people, yeah. you know. So <laughs> that's how I kinda like, you know, got started on like, okay, I like this. Or, you know, and I was young, but I was like the only one because he used to always play his guitar with like three strings on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk, lit off Brady. <laughs> so, you know, so he playing it. Um, Come on, Cordero. Like, he used to be so funny. Like, you know, but um, that's how I got started on on that. And my mom used to fuss like, you need to go to bed. You need to go to bed. And I'm like, but, um, yeah, so that's how I get started on that. But um, I will say that growing up, especially like in the nineties, like just just being young and stuff, I used to always, when I wasn't supposed to, stay up and watch um, uh, Apollo okay. and Soul Train because okay. used to come on like back to back behind each other. Absolutely, these perm commercials and McDonald commercials <laughs> and all this. <laughs> so it's so nostalgic, but I still love it. But um. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I got, you know, influenced on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so you you kind of realized being that you wanted to be in this thing called entertainment at a very young age, and you wanted to continue throughout your journey. So what were your other things that you were also interested throughout the path of, you know, who you <clears throat> who you've become today? Because I had a list of things. You're a poet, you're an mm-hmm. artist, you're a performer. So... Can you talk a little bit about, you know, those aspects of your life growing up? And, okay. You know, well, as far as the acting part, um, so I always wanted to act. I was always a fool in theater and drama, mm-hmm. like always a fool. So you were in, you was in theater yeah. in high school, middle yes. school, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Okay. And they used to always like give me um, parts and stuff and for me to do this and do that. And I'd be like, well, they so make sure you sing. Make sure you <laughs> sing too. Because nobody would, people were talented. When I was in school, but okay. nobody really wanted to. They'll do it around their friends or in the bathroom, you know. But as far as like doing it uh, in front of the whole school, they were always shy, but they always pushed my ass out there to do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, we even rehearsed it. Well, you got it. You got it. You good. I'm like, what? Like, you know, so for me or whatever, like, and even the course teacher, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what? That's not cool. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but they know I'm gonna be like, yeah. You know, they yeah. know, you know, so. But my thing is, like, for me or whatever, um, that's what kind of started me to want to do acting. But it was hard because being, you know, a big guy and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to be developed into acting or try to do acting. 
Okay. Um, so that shot, after all this time, came this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to um, basically um, be a part of a commercial okay. and a print ad. Um, I just actually just sent in some headshots. I got the word from somebody, this, you know, independent um, company. Um, so I sent it over and I want to say like the same, what, the same day I was in the studio recording with the Beat Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I just got an email. He was like, you good, Dre? You good? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just got some good news. But anyway, so I did the commercial. But the, the thing about it is we had to shoot the commercial on the same day I had, uh, had to be a part of a show. Mm-hmm. It was an open mic event in Virginia Beach and the, sh- the commercial was shot in Hampton. So it, it, I was cutting it. And at that time, I was working two jobs. So all this stuff, uh, all these songs and stuff, I've been busting my ass with two jobs with that, which is pretty mm-hmm. lightweight to compared to a lot of other people. But I'm just saying, like, it's a lot to just boom, just yeah. boom, boom, boom. Absolutely. Thank God I ain't got no damn kids because I'd be like, sit down. <laughs> Shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, trying to do better for us. You want to listen. But anyway. I'm the, trying to do better for us. <laughs> trying to do better for us. But, <laughs> but that's what basically did it for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what did it for me as far as like the acting and stuff like that. And when I saw that happen mm-hmm. and they sent that over to me, like the um the print ad, mm-hmm. I bust out crying. I was a straight up like punk that day. Like like behind that phone, I was like, yo, I never thought my fat ass would be up here <laughs> on a, you know what I'm saying? Right, like a, like a print ad. Right. You right, know, right. because, you know, when you don't have the look, you know, you know, we all know that. Brandy went through that. Kelly Rowland goes through that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joe LaVert kind of went through that. He didn't get what he needed. Fantasia. At, at Fantasia until he died. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that we all go through that. You know what I'm saying? When you don't have the commercial look. Right. Even males, you know? So it's like, you and Denzel Washington or whatever, whatever, you know, anybody checking for you? Right. <laughs> but, you know, like, <laughs> that's how they look at it. So, yeah, so that's what really got me with the acting stuff. So, yeah, I was acting in school, and then mm-hmm. I started acting, you know, with doing that or whatever. So I was happy about that. As far as the poetry, the poetry started before writing music. Okay. Because I didn't know how to project and put, the songs into formation. I, like, I can't write no damn song. And then, you know, I used to have conversations with, you know, um, a few people I went to school with and also my family mm-hmm. members and stuff like that. They was like, um, yes, you can. Like, this is basically a song. You just got to figure out how to, you know this, mm-hmm. like, you know this, Cordae. So why? I'm like, I don't know. And at the time, I'm like 16. Okay. So now at, what, 17, I start like, okay, first verse. Uh, you got your hook. You know what I'm saying? You got your second verse. All right, you got your bridge. Or you could do a, a chorus or a hook or whatever before the bridge. Throw some ad-libs in there. Know your harmonies. So yeah. where were you getting all this information from? Were you just looking it up or were you like... Coming, it's just start coming to it me. It was just, okay. It just started coming to me. Because as after listening to music and stuff like that and continue to listen to music and you be like, okay, so is they singing all over the place or is it, you know, formatted? So right. at a young age, I figured out it was formatted. Wow. Because not only, you know, singing in church, you know, was one thing, but we also had to learn sheet music. And then also mm-hmm. we had to learn songs. So it started coming back to me. And I'm like, okay, so but you could put the R&B world into the gospel world. People have been doing it for years. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So just use it like, okay, you're singing a gospel song, but in reality, you're not singing a gospel song. That's how I had to think about it. So, you know, um, that's how I got the aspect of it. So... And I started writing some stuff and putting it on SoundCloud in this little studio called um, 
it was in like in a basement. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in Green Bay. Uh, shout out to Troy Doswell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I recorded a song, If Your Heart Wasn't In It or whatever, and it's on SoundCloud. So I had a lot of stuff on SoundCloud mm-hmm. before actually coming up here to do like big production or whatever type of stuff. Because where I'm from, we don't have it. You right. got to go to Richmond. You got to go to the beach. You know what I'm saying? So um, when I started taking it serious and started putting more money into it, it was a wrap. Mm. Could tell me shit after that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and not even on a not even on a cocky level, but more of a, like a confidence level. Like you couldn't right. tell me Absolutely. nothing. I still got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. But as far as like the the poetry part, that's why I said I would call myself a poet as well, even though I haven't projected it in front of an audience. Well, actually, I have on social media, but not at a show. Right. You know. Right. So, as far as the performance, shit, that all tied in one, tied mm-hmm. up in one. Like, you know what I'm saying? So. Mm. Now, did you go to college or, like, anything after high school? I went um, to community college for a little while, and then my mom started getting sick, so I started taking care of her. And at that same time, I was still in the course. uh, Is that around the same age, 16, 17? Or was that a little bit later? that was, like, 19. 19. Yeah, I was, like, 19. 19. Um, Because, like, around that time, we had a a choir as well um, at at that college. So... Anywhere music is at, I was just a part of it. (laughs) So I was doing it and stuff. And then we had competitions at uh, Kings Dominion and things like that. And we won. We won twice. The first year we won second place. The first year we won first place. Um, And even um, in high school, we did, you know, the same thing. So that was like my fourth or fifth time being at Kings Dominion. So So that, so... You've traveled outside of Victoria, Victoria to yeah. experience right. the entertainment but, portion. But not on a solo level. Oh. It was always on a choir. I was in a choir, a okay. part of a choir, or singing lead of a choir okay. or something like that. But as far as my work, my solo projects, no. This is the first time of May this year. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Appreciate for stepping it. out. So talk a little bit about that transition for you because I'm pretty sure that was kind of diff I don't want to say difficult, but it was. it was like it's just like leaving a group behind. Like you don't you know, you the 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 main attraction and then you leaving a group and then now you gotta step out of <laughs> Well, I will I will say this. I was a part of a few groups, but some people take it serious and some people don't. Mm. Some people catch the Holy Ghost and some people do it for God and some people do it for a show. And when I realized that it's done for a show and it's supposed to be for God, I don't want no parts of it. Mm, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want no parts of it. You know, I'm already up here being who I am. You know what I'm saying? And I'm up here singing God's praises and you're trying to treat it like it's a show. Mm. You don't want me to go out there and you don't want me to sing this and sing that. You want to be a part of the show. And that's mm. not how it's supposed to be. Mm. And everybody looking at you like, okay, we know you can sing, but you're going to bring Cordez back out there. He don't care about the fact that, you know, he could sing or whatever. He wants to reach people. Right. You treating it like as, you know, if we don't get up, you're going to come over there and get on our, in our face and sing like it's a battle. It, anyway, <laughs> it's the same. You go through the same stuff in the R&B world if you, you know, that you go through in gospel. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's kind of like the same thing. If you don't have good people around you and stuff like that and people who mean you well, it, it ain't going to work out. Mm. It ain't going to work out. I know for me, when I was... um at my main church, First Baptist, my mom was getting sick. She was declining. And I got a call from a church member. She was like, um, I got an opportunity for you. I'm like, what's going on? I got to be at the hospital. Because I'm going from Richmond, from Victoria, Virginia to Richmond, the MCV. And so she said, uh, 
I think you would want to. I knew you want to do it. I hope you do it. I'm like, okay, Sheila, what's going on? What's what going on, Sheila? What's what's going on? I gotta go. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. like, she was like, well, no, um, Dorothy Norwood had came to the church or whatever, you know, because you know sometimes we get some people to come, right? And I was like, Dorothy, no. I said, oh my god, I remember her. My grandma loves her, and so she was like, yeah, um, she's looking for, um, some background singers to go on the road with her. And um, she's offered, you know, you know, for a contract, you know, negotiation, whatever. And we thought you'd be perfect fit. We got tapes of you from when you were five and stuff. Wow. Like, you know, I think it'd be perfect fit. And I said, Sheila, I can't. The reason why I couldn't is because my mom is declining. My mom is literally dying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't uh, say I want to do something like that. And I have this going on because I know in my heart within a month or two, my mom, I may have to be planning a funeral and all this stuff. And that is what happened. So all of my dreams, again, got put on hold from my mom. And I'm not complaining about that, you know. But for some reason this year, after I let all that bullshit go, the (laughs) dog shit, I just began to, you know, prevail. And and it was just so simple as applying myself and being around certain people. And sometimes I sit back myself because I'm emotional. I'm goofy. But I'm an emotional person. Like, mm-hmm. I would cry in a heartbeat when I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the older I got, Same. I would cry. I'd be like, oh, damn, I'm just so fucking happy. Oh, mm-hmm. you need, I need a minute. I need a minute. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, get off. Don't touch me. Right. I just need a minute. Like, you know. Right. But um, I just get so happy, you know, um, because it's just, it ain't easy. Mm-hmm. It ain't never easy. You know what I'm saying? Whether you got rich parents or not, it ain't never easy. Absolutely. You know? So, um, that's the story of that. But I did trial for idol okay um when i was 18 no i did um x factor first i was it was 20 2012 i had tried out for x Factor. 2012 or 2011 oh <laughs> i think it was 2011 and i tried out for um x factor in greensboro north carolina mm. and i didn't make it to the second round but i made it to the first round so I was like, oh, okay, cool. I wish I could find those people now because there were some great people there. And at that time, me being for the country, we didn't know nothing about no damn Instagram right, and right. stuff like that. Facebook just became a thing to us. Mm. Yeah, we, Victoria's late on a lot of shit. <laughs> damn. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it was dope. You know, I was in line for about 12 hours, helicopter, who's ready to be the next X Factor? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got all the people out there. You hyped up and shit. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. (laughs) So my mom was always my main supporter. Mm, Talk about that. Talk about that. Your support growing up now, uh, growing up and then also your support now because um, I know your mother, you said, passed away. Mm -hmm. So you had to get that support from somewhere. And she, I'm pretty sure she's still supporting you. Mm -hmm. But talk a little bit about, like, who supported you then and then who supported you now as well well like i said my mom was my main supporter um and then my family started you know supporting me as well because they were shocked on how i moved when she passed because i was strictly a mama's boy mm-hmm. you know a, a tantrum tantrum uh hard-headed child? yeah okay spoiled mama's boy mm-hmm. so i had to basically debate with my mom at 22 to even go to the store on my own car and you know we don't have much in Victoria, so imagine that. Like it ain't like I'm going all the way over town. Like you know, it's just crazy. So as far as like my family supporting me, they start doing it as time went on. Um, because I think for a while they couldn't realize the fact or understand the fact or get with the fact that um 
I'm gay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they start, you know, like, okay, so he really walking into this. Oh, he, oh, okay. I'm so proud of him. Because when I was little, they used to always say it. I'm like, I ain't never touched neither part yet. Y'all just want to <laughs> throw it on me. Like, damn. I ain't said nothing about you last night. Oh, it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> I ain't touched neither part They ain't touched neither part yet. <laughs> like, come on. Like, how you going to do me like that? I'm a little feminine. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Mind my mama. What you expect? So my thing is like. <laughs> you stupid as hell. <laughs> but after that, I ain't gonna lie though. After that or whatever, once they realized that, you know, I didn't give two shits. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, They just, they supported it. Yeah. Is that when it. you moved uh moved to Virginia Beach at that time mm-hmm. or Norfolk? Ben was came that... out. Okay. My mom was living when it happened. I told her, she said, y'all already knew. Oop. I said, what? She said, don't bring no man up what? in my house. Why do, uh, why do they already say that? Man, I already knew. I already what? knew. <laughs> don't, bring... don't bring no damn man up in my house. And you better protect yourself. <laughs> I love you. And she went on back to watching her law and order. Oh, my God. So how was that for you then? And what was your emotions like after you? Told her. It was relaxing. Because even before then, I wouldn't even mess with men. Mm -hmm. It was a desire to. I was still messing with women. And the truth be told, the more men. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. The more guys that start talking to you, the more women start coming. Uh And I even explained to them. I'd be like, you know, I, you know. And I talk to guys and stuff like that. Okay, so what they got to do with us? I'm like, no, I'm saying I, I talk to guys. <laughs> like, I really, you know, and she be like, or, you know, the girls be like, okay, I mean, it's just for the night or whatever, you know, da, da, da. I mean, and I'm like, all right. Well, I'm <laughs> cool. I'm not going to pass it up. You know, I'm just saying, like, you know. So, and it's weird because, like, <laughs> when I go out, you know, I, I look like, a straight ass dude. Right. You know, so when I go out and I'm always with females, I always have females with me. Mm-hmm. So we have to play this little aspect like, if you see somebody you like or he checking you out, just flip on the switch for me to be feminine. Just flip it on. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I give me a signal. And we have these little codes. If a guy is seeing her or mm-hmm. he like her, he'll, you know, he'll keep on looking and she'll look at me and if she like what she see, she'll be like, like, you know, like, don't do not do it. Right. And I'd be like, all right. And I go over to the dance floor, chilling and stuff, you know, dance with another girl or whatever. And next thing you know, the guy look, he won't come over there while I'm over there. I'm like, I don't know. Guys be so weird sometimes. Mm. But my thing is like, I'm like, oh, you want to talk? He kept walking around her. I said, no, fuck this. <laughs> I walked over. I said, bro, you, uh, what's up, bro? He's, uh, uh, yeah, what, what's going on, man? I was like, yeah. I said, you like, um, old girl? He was like, no, nah, no. Nah. I said, yes, you do. <laughs> Yes, she do. I said, go over there and talk to a man. He's like, oh, I thought y'all was gonna say, nah, dude, I'm gay. He's like, oh, shit. Well, um, uh, I said, yeah, it doesn't appear to be that way, right, but right. yeah, I am. We all come in different colors and shapes and shazes, sizes, like Puerto Ricans. <laughs> we just come in different, you know? So, you know, um, he was like, okay, oh, should I go talk to her? I said, dog, I, I'm not gonna lead you to the water, too. You, go, go Big fact. Go Big do facts. your thing, bro. He's like, oh, all right, all right, say less. <laughs> talk to her or whatever, you know, they dancing on the floor. I said, oh. <laughs> but anyway. Now, does this play a role in how you treat music as well? Or does it make 
is it a combined situation type? I don't know how to really ask the question, but mm-hmm. do you understand? I got it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I got it. Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, the reason why I said it is because if you actually look at R&B, I'm more R&B than anything. Absolutely. I, yeah, I've, I've, I've touch house. Mm-hmm. I had to touch, you know, R&B trap. I had to touch R&B and funk. I had to touch hip hop, you know, with, you know, elements of jazz. But it's right. like that. It's kind of jazzy just a little bit. Right. So I had to touch many different things. But the question everybody can ask, and, and there's not really no answer to is, what openly male, gay, consistent R&B artist or artist that you know who happens to not be feminine all the time? Mm. You don't know any. Mm-mm. Frank Ocean did it, and what? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you feel what I'm saying. Wait, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, no shade. Absolutely, you know, he's still a great writer, and he's probably still writing for people. And it maybe wasn't the time, um, to do it. And I had this conversation with you know someone else as well about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, moving up here, it does get a little weird because I don't like when certain guys or certain people or certain women. I have more problems with gay men and in gay uh gay gay men than anything. Mm. I never really had an issue when it comes down to uh straight men. Mm-hmm. They know who they are. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They know who they are. And it's like they don't really judge me like, you know, he is what he is. I ain't in this bedroom with a motherfucking saying. That's talent. That's right. money. That's money to be made. Right. I show, I show, yeah, I damn sure do a track with him. You know what I'm saying? He'll pull up, he he gonna he gonna put on. You know, would he do it his private life? That's not my business. Facts. I don't care. That's that's weird. Facts. Why would anybody want to think about that? You got a wife, you got a, a kids or whatever, or you just want to get some, you know, pussy. Like, why are you thinking about me? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And don't even think that I want anything above it because I say you're an attractive guy. I said, that, that's it. That's that's all I'm saying. You're you an attractive guy. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got a hunger you can hook up with, with you know what I'm saying, just going on. Don't think that I want to get you drunk and do something with you. Right. And that's the thing where I get weird at sometimes because I'm like, if I do this or if I do that, people going to look at me like, you know, well, he's an artist, so, oh, see, yeah, that's too gay for me. Or that's, too, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so me, I just try to keep it in the middle because I'm not too, too gay. And we know there's so many that are so, girl, and, you know, just everything. And I'm like, you don't got to do that. All this attitude, we already looked at like we the scums of the fucking earth anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, straight people think gay people stick together. Negative. They don't. It's all a, a weird competition. I'm like, she competing with your own identity? Mm. Okay. So, but yeah, it's, it wasn't really complicated to put it in it as I got older. Okay. Because now I began to talk about things. Um, that nobody talks about being the same sex in music. Lesbians do it. That's always been a, a known fact for lesbians or for it to be accepted more than men. And then we got shows like P-Violet. We got shows, the Tyler Perry shows and stuff like that. So now you're seeing it. Sometimes it could be a bit too much. Yes. And yes. I'm saying that myself, you know, being a part of the, you know, LGBTQ community, you know, but mm-hmm. it could be too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we don't, Okay, that was a little too far. That was mm-hmm. that was hot though. Anger front. That was really sexy. <laughs> but that was a bit too far. You know what I'm saying? That's just something that you, you know, have right. some coomph sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So speaking of like R and B, like where do you feel the the R and B that R and B is right now? Like how do you feel? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. What my? Um, I'm gonna go for the red cup on that one because this is the question I've definitely been waiting for. Um, <laughs> so. R&B to me mm-hmm. today is not what it used to be. We all know that. You know, we we all know that. However, there are still some elements of what it used to be. Absolutely. Um and 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 that is what pushes me cuz that's another reason why it took me a while to get back to doing it. Um not just because of the death of my mom but also the change of R&B. I always felt I was born in I don't know 80, 1980. Mm-hmm. You know, I always feel I was born before my time because I would have fit it with Uptown. I would have fit it with Bad Boy. Probably would have, you know, got shit out of the contract then. But, <laughs> I, you know, I you know, I would have fit it because it just fit, you know, it's just, you know. And today it's like they're talking. Mm. It's like they're talking in auto-tune and they don't, it's like spoken word in auto-tune. <laughs> and they call it R&B. And I'm like, how is that R&B? And you whining and shit, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you whining. What are you whining for? You ain't even whining for no, you know, to have sex. You just whining. <laughs> like, Key Sweat did it. It was different, you know? Right, right. It was different. <laughs> right? You whining. Lisi had background singers to build them up, you know? Shout out to Janice McGee. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, damn. Yo, know? <laughs> Somebody back whining, <laughs> they do that, and it's like the passion and the uh, the dedication and the heartfelt passion into R and B is missing. Mm-hmm. We will never see another My Life album by Mary J. That'll mm-hmm. never happen again. We will never see uh, a Usher Confessions album again. Mm-hmm. He can't even top that, and that's no shade. He knows his best. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he need to. He's right. established, you know, right. but stuff, Keisha Coles, the way it is. Mm-hmm. Albums like that, it just, it can't be topped. It just can't be topped. I can go on yeah. and on and on with a whole bunch of albums Tony and stuff. Braxton. Tony Braxton. Yeah. Um, and even some of the ones that people didn't pay attention to. Libra was a dope album. It was a very dope album. And, John B. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. John B. Yeah. Um, Most of them are becoming relevant yep. again because for one some of the the newer generation yep. are using their their songs and then also they may have that one hit that mm-hmm. might bring them back so right. how do you feel about that aspect of it as well like having the older the ogs come back and like love it when it's when it's done right i love it mm-hmm. like with charlie wilson it was done so oh, superb yes. it, it, it was it was perfect yes um when it was done with Betty Wright before she passed, yes. it was it was perfect, you know. Um, mm. A lot of other people, um, let me think of somebody else. Um, they need to leave Whitney Houston alone. <laughs> they need to stop stop messing with Whitney Houston and her brand and stuff. Just leave we it alone. Another Whitney Houston docu- not documentary, but it was another movie of Whitney Houston coming out. Really? Yes, they do. <laughs> Did not Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Houston just won't give it up, huh? But anyway, um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but they just need to stop touching things. The Aaliyah right. people touching Aaliyah stuff sometimes it's it it works, oh, yeah. 
and then sometimes it doesn't. Um, when Drake did it, I think it was cool. When Chris Brown did it, it was cool. Um, a lot of other people be touching other people's stuff, and they don't mention them. Mm. But when you know music and you know this net or whatever, you 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 be like, oh no, nah, that's that was done in '92. Mm. Oh that oh that's the that's uh TLC. It's just flip, you know, and it's just weird. But for me, when these old artists link up with these new artists, like when Usher did it with Summer Walker, mm-hmm. that was superb. That was nice mm-hmm. and clean. I like that, yes. you know, because he's still youthful in yes. a way. You know, Absolutely. he don't age at all. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody else. He just else had too. a residency too in Las yep. Vegas, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he yeah, they making it. Yeah, they, they making, making it. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. When you, as a new artist, can pull somebody from the past, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. That is my. That's one of my goals. Okay, talk about. It. I want to make continue to make old school music, but with a new school twist. Like the RE Linux type of mm-hmm. Dreamville type of label type of flow. Mm-hmm. Um, J. Cole and stuff like that, you know, because it brings back when J. Cole had wrote wrote Missy Elliott and Timberland beat um the song Best Friend. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, How the hell do you remember that? It <laughs> wasn't even a single. Right. And I was like, cause I bought the album. <laughs> like, what you mean? Like, I just don't remember it. You know? Like, mm. so my thing is like, when they do that, it's cool sometimes. And sometimes it's not cool. They just need to leave it alone. And sometimes what messed them up is they put too much auto-tune on singers that can sing. Mm. And that kind of like those in them like, uh, they shouldn't have turned that up to 85%. It may be 10, 15, but not no 85%. <laughs> they don't need to be selling. No. Nah. I can't believe <laughs> so they even, they even you approve use, of that. You don't even use auto You're, no. not, you're not a fan of auto-tune. No. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you know, I know like with Can't Leave You Alone, mm-hmm. I think uh, Dorche Pro, because Dorche Pro had produced it. She put, I think she put maybe like 5 or 10% on it, just like a little filter. But all the rest of my music, no. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it, you know, which 5 or 10% is not bad, because what we hear around here and what we hear in other places, it's really turned up. Right. And then when they get on stage, it's like, you know. Even with or without a performance track, they you just don't get it. You mm. don't you don't feel it, and then they just act like you just supposed to. For what? What did you do? <laughs> a two year old can like. Uh, rapping too, rappers too, <laughs> rappers too. Mm. <laughs> the passion is not there no more. Absolutely, it's not there. It's all about a buck and going viral. You know, and also, too, you have to take precaution of what you put in your art. Right. You can't be out here talking about Black Lives Matter and then you in your rap talking about killing somebody and mm. you going to fuck somebody up and, you know, this and that, I'm going to shoot your mouth or just crazy shit. You right. know, you can't do that. And then you want to respect, you want to get positive uh, feedback or you want to be positive. Stop portraying an image or being a part of a, a real image that you're trying to get out of if you want, you know, um, Peace and harmony for everybody. Because let's be real, us we killing ourselves. We see it all the time on the news. We killing ourselves. I mean, the police, they, you know, they do their thing, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, but mostly we, we killing ourselves. It's a two for one nigga special for them. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Like, two for one nigga special? Yeah. Two for one nigga special. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get back into to the music. <laughs> to, to the music. <laughs> so talk a little bit about like um, your 
your recording process and how do you put a song together as an artist and then mm. also um like your performances and where you get your your I guess your judge for your performances, so to speak. Okay. Um so what I would do is I would actually purchase the beat first. Okay. And when no, I first let's talk about how you learn majority of the things that you've learned thus far. Like as far as like being in the studio and at, okay. I, you you've mentioned like counting bars and stuff like that mm. at the beginning, but how did you know to go into the studio book studio session? How did you know uh, to record? How do you know, you know, those mm. type of things? Like where did you learn that from? Uh research. Research. Yeah, research. Um I got tired of not being able to say go to a decent one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to a big one, so I just started going on Google and finding places. Um, but for my main producer up here, um, shout out to the Beat Dungeon. <laughs> but uh, so I met him at AT&T. We had met at AT&T, and then, you know, we were talking about music and Chucky B. Thompson from um, uh, Washington, D.C., or whatever, you know, so he produced mostly of Mary J. Blige's album, My Life, mm-hmm. and a lot of other stuff. Um, in the 90s and stuff like that. So we was talking and stuff, and he was like, you know, what you know about all that? So make a long story short, we end up, you know, uh, getting each other's numbers, and then almost a year later, I started recording. So, yeah, it was like when I was ready. Right. Um, because, like, I had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot going on. So um, that's when I started, you know, basically, you know, going into that. So he became my main producer. Um, I did decide to work with different producers just to move around a little bit, just mm-hmm. to project pro, uh, project a, a different sound, which explains Can't Leave You Alone. It's mm-hmm. kind of trap soul, you know what I'm saying? It's just not too much, but it's it's enough, and it's different from, it's like that. It's more of me showcasting my vocals just a little bit more. And then time is just in a whole nother level itself. Like, it's just all over the place, like right. high energy. But um, that's how I started with that. And then so... <clears throat> And so walk us through, like, you you pick your beat and then you write your... Do you already have lyrics written? Sometimes. Or do you... Okay, talk a little bit sometimes. about that process, too. So sometimes I have stuff already written because mm-hmm. I'd be like, yo, give me something. Give me, I'm still old school. I still write on okay. you know, paper when it comes down to lyrics and stuff because sometimes your phone could be freezing up and it's like... Absolutely. No, no, it's there. <laughs> I, I need it. I need it. I need it. Like, you know. So what I do now is, like, you know... Uh, I may make like a voice memo mm-hmm. and just leave it alone and then just still write it on paper. Mm-hmm. And they was like, you just so damn old fashioned. And I said, I'm sorry, like word of mouth, everything, all that stuff still works, that. you know? So I, that's how I do it. And then sometimes I buy a beat, okay. I, you know, because what we do is like um, at the um, at the Beat Dungeon studio, we do a See You Next Tuesday, like every um, every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is he'd be making beats and stuff like that. And, you know, we check out anything we like or he'll be building a beat up. And it's, that's a incredible experience and that's what encouraged me to want to maybe produce in the future okay even for myself because i'm like whoa that's just crazy mm-hmm. um but i would listen to something and if i like it i'll purchase it and then i go into the process of writing it but i don't like to rush myself with writing something okay especially when you know that it's going to be heard from other people want to make it time right so i may mm-hmm. ask a few people that i know that don't do music that i can really trust um what you think about this part? You know, okay. what you think about that part? Because me, I will overdo a song. Okay. I will overdo it. You know, it's the church part. It's just, I will <laughs> overdo it. So I have to be told like, oh, I, okay, that less is best. Mm-hmm. And that, okay, that's that's enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like, when my, when my producer did, be like, 
Dreya, da 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 that's good right there. I'm like, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's the process of that. And then after I do that, I already got an account set up with DistroKid, and I just go and post it. And before I actually post it, I may mention it here and there to mm-hmm. different um, social media accounts that, you know, I got a single coming soon and stuff like that. And, you know, so, but I'm still trying to learn the business side of that um, country. So all I know is, you know, here's your mic. You got your song? Okay, go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it, that's, so I'm just, I'm a singer. Right. Before a writer, you know. So they always came first, so. So how do you pick your next singles or your songs that you're going to put out? And do you have, like, albums, mixtapes, or, like, what do you have out right now or, <clears throat> as, like, singles or mm-hmm. just, do you have albums? Singles. Singles, okay. Singles. Because, like, everybody don't, well, I'm not going to say everybody, but some people still don't, they don't do albums no more. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes some people do, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's more like an EP, a LP, whatever type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. or a single release party or video release party. It's just different now. So with me, I decided to just drop a few singles, okay. um, different sounds, uh, try to show some um, versatility, you know, some be versatile, you know, with my music and stuff. So everybody won't be like, oh, it sound the same. It's the <laughs> same beat. What the fuck he crying about now? Oh my god, big ass crying all the time. So my thing is like I try to have different sounds. Mm-hmm. Like my latest track is Floor, mm-hmm. which is a house house track. I heard that. It was dope. Right. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um produced by um Kevin Mirage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, produced by Calvin. Um I always wanted to do a house track, but I wanted to be precise on how to do it mm-hmm. because I'm more R and B than anything. Mm-hmm. But I'm still an artist, so I would do different type of, you know, stuff. Um, so with approaching it and promoting it, I just try to be careful with it. That's why I was like, that song will be the last song of the year that I do. Okay. That's just to close out the year. I mean, who don't want to hear a house record Absolutely. on New Year's Eve? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and so it just it was released, you know, less than 60 days before. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Boo, you know, just perfect marketing strategy. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Because I actually just dropped the single, and I never wanted Ooh. to be an artist, but I just practiced, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's really, it's a house, it's a trap house type okay. beat, and so on. Not... I'll let you hear it. When okay, we get all right, okay, yeah, shoot, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. So, um, <laughs> what was the influence behind your single that you'll be performing? Today, uh, can't leave you alone. Like, what, what, what was the inspiration question. about that? That's a good question. So, the inspiration behind that, what inspired me behind that, is uh, Jodeci. Jodeci, Uptown Records, and all that, Mary J, Heavy D, blah, 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 you know, Supercat, you know, all them. Right. Uh, that label always inspired me. You know, as I mentioned kind of earlier, like, I always wanted to be a part of that, you know. Right. Because they had that hip-hop sound with that, you know. But Jodeci is what inspired it. Half of Jodeci is from Hampton, Virginia. Devin and Devontae is from Hampton, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey and JoJo is from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Which I'm about to go see their cousin. Uh-oh. Shortly. Sorry, Fantasia. <laughs> <laughs> it's your girl, Fantasia. But no, like, so, that's what inspired me. Because if you listen to the hook, I... Can't leave you alone. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And kind of like the melody of it just a little bit. It reminds you of Feening yes. by Jodeci. Yes. So 
that's what inspired me with that. That was you a know. classic right there. You, so, yeah. you should uh, try to get them on that. I, you know, I'm going to try, you know. Anything is possible. These yeah. Instagram, you can DM them. They'll right. hit you right back themselves. Be like, go and hook it up. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Because who's going to turn down some money right now? You got that right. Listen, if you're investing like you say you're investing, I'm pretty sure they're going to they somebody. We're going to yeah. speak this into existence. We're going to speak we gonna, it. The remake's going to be featuring Jodeci. We, mm-hmm. we, listen. So where do you get your visuals? Bless you. Where do you get your visuals from in the direction that you went with? Um, I think what was the latest video that you just did? It was really, really dope. Um, I can't even think of the name. I wrote it down. I didn't I didn't write it down on this one. But it was on YouTube. <laughs> and it was, I don't, I just watched it today. I can't think of it's the like visuals. That. Is it? It's like that. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only music video so far. <laughs> oh, See, there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> no, because you had some YouTube, and yeah. it was just a you know your picture and your like the, image, yeah. but then you also had another video. A lot so. of shit. I have a lot. You of have two shit. different channels too, so you we got to we got to get you right yeah. on that one. Because I was like, hey, is this the same? Okay, it is. yeah. But yeah. So what was the <laughs> like? What was your inspiration behind your visuals? And will you have any visuals coming up for the newest singles that you just dropped? Okay, so the visuals for It's Like That was kind of like old school. Okay. There was one thing missing from the music video that I really wanted, and that was like doubles and triples of me, mm-hmm. something that people used to do a long time ago, mm-hmm. and sometimes people still do it today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rarely seen, but I always wanted that. Um, so that was the only thing that was missing, which wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the image of and the, the aspects of It's Like That was meant to be street slash... Uh, Soulful and soft. Mm -hmm. So you have elements of uh, graffiti in there. You have elements of, you know, romantic love when Mm -hmm. the two uh, hands are touching. You have elements of, you know, sexiness and stuff like that where, you know, lips are shown, just a shot of lips Mm -hmm. and things like that. You know, it's just, you know, you have elements of relationship problems where you're arguing, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like it takes you back to back in the day where, you know, so for me, I was trying to laugh because the girl in the video is in the car was actually my friend and she was high as a kite. So <laughs> I was like, I said, yo, I'm trying not to laugh. We had to cut like twice. I was like, yo, stop laughing. She was like, I can't. She said, this remind me of my ex. And she said, I just, <laughs> I said, yo. You done took her back like that. She slammed, like, she slammed my door at one part because you have to, because he cut it. And I was like, why did you cut it, Joe? But he cut it because this one part she got out of the car and she slammed the dough. When she slammed the dough, she had failed. Oh. But see, that's what made it funny. <laughs> I said, don't slam my damn dough. <laughs> that's why at one part I'm looking like this, like mm-hmm. like that, because that's the part. But it's cut. You can't see it. But <laughs> yeah, it was funny. But half of that, the inter- interesting part about that is half of that was shot in Chesapeake. Oh, okay. The other half was shot in my hometown. And people didn't, they was like, well, where was that at? Well, I've never seen that part of the 757. You ain't going to see that part of the 757. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's my first music video. Of course, I'm going to go to my hometown. Right. And, you know, share some light in my hometown. Was this 12 o'clock at night or not? As like you should. So, and it's interesting because when that was shot, mm-hmm. I had a podcast interview with Nostalgia on the Rocks. Mm-hmm. I had just left. I was like, Vic, I got to go. 
You know, say, oh, yeah, that's right. You shooting a video? I said, yes, Vic. I said, I got to go. You know, so we was already late. You right. know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn. So by the time I got down there to Victoria, it's a three-hour drive. Mm. So I got down there. It was like 10-something. Everybody waiting and stuff. And I said, yeah, bring it in. I'm sorry, y'all. Bring it in. Bring it in. I'll buy y'all a drink. <laughs> you know, so we went to shooting and, yep. And then um, I got everything back and um, paid for the music video and dropped it. And, mm. and within two weeks, it received over 1,000 views. Wow. But see, that goes with self-promotion as well. Absolutely. You can't drop things and nobody know who the hell you are. Absolutely. You didn't go to school with people up here. You don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't know yeah. people up here. You push. Right. You know, push. You ain't got no no click. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? You ain't right. got no clout. Push. Right. Do do your part as an artist. Right. Don't be lazy. Right. So, I'm just you need to tell some of these artists. <laughs> hey, hey, we ain't gonna get on that. So let's um we're gonna push forward and then we're gonna get to the top five and then okay. the wind down and then um the final question. So leave something to this thing called entertainment. What is something that you would leave? to this thing called entertainment or tell your younger self to this day? Don't wait so long. Um, whether they receive it or not, do it. Um, whether they appreciate it or not, do it. And also, um, be cautious on who you let inside of your art and inside of your heart because that can also conflict with what you really want to do because you need to put yourself on the back burner so they can do what they want to do. Compromise. Mm. So be be careful who you be involved with. That's the best thing I can tell my younger self. That's right. I'll tell my younger self that too. But <laughs> <laughs> no. well, let's push forward to uh, top five, which is top five questions catered to you, my guest. Um, but today I have four, so mm-hmm. we're just going to push through it the best way we can. Right. So top five artists you'd like to write for. Mm. Right. <laughs> Not background, but right. Damn. Ooh, we're gonna speak it. Um I would like to write for Fantasia. Okay. Um, I would like to write for um her. Okay. Even though she I think she writes the majority of her stuff, but I would like still would like to write okay. for her. Um <laughs> um, I would like to write for Chris Brown. Okay. Even though he pretty much, you know, um, it ain't many of this generation. I'm sadly but so. And that's it fine. Ain't, it ain't many. And that's fine. If you don't have five, then that's cool too. What's the next five? What's the <laughs> What's the question? No, okay, so the next one is top five performances that you've done. Because I see you do a lot of performances on your Instagram. Speaking of performances, I have actually done 16 performances all together. Really? I, I literally sat back last night while at work, you know, not doing nothing. Because mm-hmm. um, it was a dry night. Um, and I counted all of my performances. Mm. I've done 16. I've I performed the most in Newport News. Um, shout out to Alam Salam. Um, but yeah, I have performed there the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I performed once in Portsmouth, uh, two times recently made it in Hampton. Okay. Uh, the first time was with the Legacy Live with Nostalgia on the Rocks and them. And um I performed uh once in Chesapeake, that was with uh Kena Scott Shout and out Friends. To Kena Scott. She and I shot at the Kena. Whoop. 
<laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah. So um, yeah. And as far as like uh, Norfolk, I did it one time. Okay. The only part of the seven five seven that I haven't performed at was Suffolk. Okay. All the all basically the near down I performed everywhere else besides Suffolk. I haven't hit Suffolk yet. It's coming. <laughs> all right. So last one is top five R and B singer or group. Hmm. Okay, that's easy. All right, so top five R and B singers, dead or alive? Dead or alive. Okay. No order. So, no particular order. Okay. Um, R. Kelly. Okay. Not Robert, but R. Kelly. <laughs> um, Fantasia, <laughs> Joe Levert, Johnny Gill, and I'm gonna throw one more in there. Uh, Sylvester. Sylvester. Mm-hmm. Okay. And top five moments in your career so far. Hmm. Uh, podcast interviews. Um, performances. My first performance. Networking. And meeting interesting people who still do real music. Mm-hmm. You know, showcase real music. All right. So let's get to the wind down, which is your social media, your shout outs. And then I have one final question, which is the question of the day. So go ahead and give your social media and whatever... <clears throat> you want to leave our friends because once we do an interview together, we're friends now. So go ahead. Um. So my <laughs> Instagram is Deze underscore music. Um. So it's D E Z Z A E underscore um, music. Um. The latest project, all my projects I have out so far are on are on um all social media platforms. Uh, it's like that. Fusion Poker Face. Um, we got um, Can't Leave You Alone Which is inspired by Jodeci um, The third single was Time Which was inspired by Erykah Badu and CeeLo um, The fourth single um, Is Floor Which is inspired by the housing um, So those are all my singles So the latest single is Floor um, The next music video will be Can't Leave You Alone Which will be um, in rotation Of 2023 Um Let's see what else. I think that wraps it up. That's about it. Okay. And the final question is, what bothers you about the industry and what would you, what would your solution be to help fix it? Unity. Um, There's not enough unity. Um, People, I I hate the term with, you know, support your friends, you supporting other people's businesses. Don't support your friends if your friends ain't projecting good art. Mm. Don't don't lie to your friends, okay? Just the, the line needs to stop. You know, I don't want nobody in my corner or my circle benefiting off me because, oh, oh I mean, I'm not benefiting, but telling me something that I want to hear. You tell me something that I need to hear. And I think that's what's missing a lot in the um, industry and in, in music and in, in the independent world. Um, you You can't. Support something that's not good, and then to you it may not be good. And we're like, "Well, you tripping?" Okay, people have different opinions. Right. However, don't don't you know what I'm saying? You can support other people who are not your friends. Mm-hmm. If it's good, it's good. What you hating for? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the perfect way for us to prevail, you know, um, and and get up out of here. And then maybe some people will be on uh Pharrell and, and Missy and, and Timberland and even Magoo level. Mm, if they have that aspect to realize that it's not all about you. It's not all about you. It's not all about your friends. There's other people out here too. 
this click shit need to stop. It just need to chill out, you know? That's all I got for that one. Mm. Wow, well, I appreciate you for sliding through So Hollywood, the podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Follow me, Miss Hollywood, and my SS Hollywood 313 in the podcast, So Hollywood, the podcast. And if you'd like to be a guest on So Hollywood, the podcast, just inbox me. And I have some performance slots. Welcome to the limelight. And we also have listening sessions. We have that coming up here soon, too. So um, if you don't have anything else to leave um, our friends with, we're going to get up out of here. That's it. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in. <laughs> Thank y'all for peace up, eight down there. <laughs> is it me or was it hiding here? Yeah. Is it me or was it hiding here? So Hollywood, H O double L Y W double O. So Hollywood, H O double L Y W double O. So Hollywood, H O double L Y To be a guest on So Hollywood the Podcast, just email So Hollywood the Podcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram, So Hollywood the Podcast and M I S S Hollywood 313. Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgang.com.